Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game! Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points! And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's chipped the keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Well, with the MPL3 juniors top of the table and with the senior men given a chance this weekend to do the same, it's very easy to feel good about the state of Western United at the moment. Welcome to the Green Room, presented by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder, I'm Josh Parrish, and beside me is not Lockie Flanagan, but Nick DeBano. Lockie, still getting out of isolation, unfortunately. But, uh, Nick, great to have you on board. Well, for five hours later, if we did this show around midnight and we went for an overnight time slot, <laughs> Lockie would be out. I mean, this is the last few hours of his isolation. He's chomping at the bit in Ballarat to get out of his ISO, and uh, we wish him all the best. Hopefully, uh, he's feeling all good after, you know, testing positive. Um, but it's great to be here, Josh. I mean, it's a big week for Western United. They've had the week off. They're getting ready for a huge week on the road, three games which will determine their fate heading into finals. Really exciting period. And you've been there for uh, many of Western United's games, filing for uh, for Newswire, Nick. What have you made of their season today? It's been, uh, been a real wild ride. It's been, <laughs> it's been very enthralling. I mean, between all three Melbourne teams having them up near the top, it's been great. Um, from last season, you know, it was obviously, and our next guest, Lockie Wales, can probably tell us a little bit more about it, you know, from last season being such a tough year, such a tough end to the season when things were looking quite promising, uh, to missing the finals in the end by quite some way to this year. I mean, at the start of the season, there were a bit of, there was a bit of doubt, you know, where's this team at? Um, some were sort of scoffing at the idea of them finishing high up the table, but they've proven a lot of people wrong. And then again, when they had the loss against Wellington, they've come back, they've gone the road to Tassie and they've won two games in a row, kept two clean sheets, scored eight goals. And right now they're in control of their own destiny to win the Premier's plate, which is amazing considering how well City's played this year, how well Victory's played this year as well. And they've been able to be the constant the entire way through. Well, we've been shorn of Lockie Flanagan's participation today, but we had to get a Lockie on the show somehow. And uh, this weekend, he will be facing his former side, the side where it all began for him on Gosford. Uh, such a crucial game as you covered there, Nick. Lockie Wales, welcome back to the green room. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. Um, it's good to be back and um, uh, good, good to be chatting to you tonight. No, it's our pleasure, mate. Uh, you've been absolutely thriving this season. Do you feel like you've come and come into your own this campaign? Yeah, definitely. I think it's been the ga- the campaign where I've played the most games. So, um, you know, under under John and the coaching staff, uh, my role's been really simple. And um, you know, when you have good coaching and good players around you, it's it's easy to to do your role each week. So. Um, you know, sometimes as an attacker, it's it's hard. You know, you think you're playing well, and maybe statistics don't show that, or things like that. So it's um, uh, it's been an awesome year, and just for the team to be doing so well, I guess it um, you know, it does get you a bit more noticed. Um, you know, people start talking about you know why are they doing well, and you know, starting to name a few of our players now. Whether you know the whole season they've been kind of. No one said a word about Western and we've gone along and everyone's talked about victory in City and I think now people have realised that, you know, we're right up there. 
Lockie, um, I mean, you mentioned that about, you know, there's almost that sense of a chip on your shoulder among the whole team about, you know, everyone's talking about the other two Melbourne teams, but no one's really talking about Western United. Is that something that you guys chat about as a group, something that, you know, you talk about, like, we really feel like we have to prove a point during this period? Like, what's sort of the message amongst you guys? Oh, to be honest, mate, it's actually perfect. Um, We're all pretty low-key blokes, and I think, you know, the City and Victory boys, have you know, they like the attention, so it's... um. It's pretty good for us. We're, we're just going about our work and, you know, there's no journalist or anything coming down to Essendon to interview us or anything. And, um, yeah, we're loving it that way, to be honest. It's it's good and um, we're just preparing for every game and trying to get three points um, in every game because in the A-League you can turn up and you can either win or, or get done by anyone on the day. So um, our aim the whole season is just to prepare as well as we can and, um, you know, in every game in the A-League you're a chance of winning. Isn't it? Isn't life peaceful without these pesky journo types like Nick here turning mm. up and spoiling your day? So I will be there on Friday. John's doing a press. So we'll be there, Lockie. Don't you worry. <laughs> be careful what you wish for now, mate. <laughs> Lockie, you've been playing as a number ten at times this season, which is a new position for you. Have Have you adapted to that role? Yeah, it's um, it's been good playing a bit more centrally. Um, obviously, with the injury to Dia. Um, We've kind of shared the load a bit in there. Um, at times we've used Stevie, Wenzel Halls, uh, myself, you know, to not fill a hole, but, um, you know, try different combinations and see what works there. So, um, yeah, it's a position where I started at the Mariners where I played my first, you know, 10, 11 professional games there. So it's not completely new to me, but it's, um, yeah, it's been really enjoyable it's, uh, you know, a similar role for me in there anyway um, in terms of the pressing and, um, you know, making forward runs from that position. So uh, it's been really enjoyable and, um, yeah, it's I guess it's a good thing if you can play multiple positions. It, you know, it can help the team out when there's some injuries there. Well, Lockie, you, you broke your goal drought playing in that role the other day. Not once, but you scored three times against Perth Glory in Tassie. Um, did you find yourself maybe getting in better areas playing as a 10 in that game compared to other times? Did you feel like you you were thriving in that sort of game and, you know, really just take us through it as a whole? I mean, you know, you hadn't scored all season. It obviously had been documented through a few commentators. And, you know, once the first went through, it just seemed like you couldn't stop. Yeah, as I said before, it's, it's a funny one. Um, you know, like statistics in football, um, you know, commentators, um, people look a lot into statistics. Um, I think last year I scored more goals, but I've been playing a lot, lot better this year and hadn't scored. So it's it's a funny one as a footballer. You kind of think you're in good form, but you're not actually scoring. Um, and, you know, I provided a few assists. So it's it was a funny one. And the first one I knew nothing about, which is probably just what I needed, um, that little bit of luck and then, you know, that relief kind of goes out of your body and and the second one, you just close your eyes and hit as hard as you can with a, with a bit of confidence. So, um, uh, I mean, for me, the individual, you know, goals or things like that, it, it doesn't really matter. I just think it, we're in such a good, you know, we have such a good opportunity as a team to, to win something. Um, you know, at the moment, we're trying to win the Premier's plate and um, it would be awesome if we can do that as a team. It's been a real breakout year for you in terms of how much responsibility you've been entrusted with in the team. Is that just a natural evolution of you as you as you mature as a player or are there particular things you think you've improved on and worked on? Yeah, I think um, I think for young Australian players, I've seen it a lot lately. It's probably 
just getting that consistent run of games. I mean, at, um, in my career at Melbourne City, I probably the most games I started in a row was three or four. So um, I think to play, you know, start 22 games or 23 games in a row and, um, you know, have the trust of the coach that you're not going to be sitting next to him next week if you do have a bad game. Um, I think that's been the best thing for me. And um, you, you, your body almost adapts to the games. You you find yourself in those situations a bit more where you're one-on-one with a keeper or, you know, your, your final product, I guess. You get in that position maybe, you know, 10 more times than what you're getting in if you're playing off the bench or if you're in and out of the team. So I think um, game time's been massive for me and, and playing in a, you know, in a top team, there's so many seasoned professionals around me, uh, you know, Kilkenny, Topo Stanley, Diamante, Leah Lacroix, there's just uh, Pirovic, there's players that have played at the top level and, um, you know, when you're in, a, in that winning environment, it just seems um, a lot easier as a young player just to bring your, you know, energetic energetic kind of game, which is what I have, and it uh, seems to rub off on them as well. Lockie, just taking it back a couple of weeks, um, John has spoken a lot about your response after the Wellington game. He said that you guys felt embarrassed and you felt like that you let yourselves down in that game, and there was a real response and a real look to get a response against Perth and throughout that Tassie trip. Can you take us through, I guess, that week and sort of the response and what you guys did on the track to ensure that wouldn't happen again? Yeah, to be honest, um, that week leading into Wellington, we were, we were really flat. Um, it was kind of the first time the whole season we were we almost seemed like we lacked energy in training. Um, we had a long turnaround as well, so we had no excuse of being tired or anything. And it almost just seemed, you know, just a disaster week really for us. We just didn't train well and, um, you know, went to Ballarat and, you know, probably made a few excuses for ourselves there as well. And, um, you know, we got we got done by Wellington and, you know, pretty convincingly as well. And, um it was actually funny. A few of the boys just sent into the the group group message after, and we had a couple of days off. And they just said, "Look, everyone, come back on Monday, and you know, let's let's really leave no excuses." So uh, to have them boys kind of stand up and say that the training standards ha- hadn't been good enough for that last week, um, that Monday Tuesday session after Wellington was pretty fiery. I think uh, you know a few young boys were kicking a few of the older players, and it was um, it was really competitive and. Um, it showed when we went to Tassie, we we played that first game, and you know people say you know Perth had a young team, but it was um, you've got to beat what's in front of you, and we did it well, and it gave us confidence for that next game. And I think you know that Macarthur performance kind of typifies us this season. Um, hard to beat, very structured defensively, and and it will hurt you on the counter attack. And it's exactly what we did to them, and it was a professional professional performance and put us in a good position. And how important was that Tassie trip? I mean, you were on the road for, you know, a good almost a week and you've got another situation now coming up where you've got three road games in a week. Did that situation kind of set you up well for what's coming in this next week as well, getting away with the team, having a bit of time to bond together and, and obviously play games in quick succession as well? Yeah, for sure, definitely. I think some some of the boys will tell you that they had the week from hell. I, I was all up and about. There was... Um, a game of 21 going, a card game, and it went for about four days. And um, <laughs> there was a few boys getting under each other's skins in that. And um, uh, it was all a good laugh. We were all kind of getting on really well. And, um, 
it was good just to get that togetherness. I think it's something that, you know, that 6-0 win kind of brought us closer. And then, you know, the next couple of days were really enjoyable training and, um, you know, going around Tassie to do some promotional things. And the boys just really seen the bond. And, um, you know, there was a few boys there that think they're pretty red hot at Red hot at cards, but um, I'll give you one tip: don't sit next to Ben Collins in the game of twenty-one. <laughs> he's he's uh, dangerous, is he? Oh, mate, I don't think he won a hand the whole trip. He's um, <laughs> he's got a he's he's got a big chip on his shoulder, big barrel. He loves he thinks he's a card genius, but he was um, he was terrible, worst on ground. I would have thought Ben would be like the most honest, terrible poker face kind of. You know, give it, give everything that, away. That's the thing that didn't help him was the honesty. Uh, there were a few, <laughs> few boys playing dirty. Wenzel Halls, Ryan Scott. Ryan mm. Scott played cards for 16 hours and won a game and thought he was the man. <laughs> so uh, there's definitely a few boys that think they're good at that game. And I'm sure it'll be back on in Sydney. I, I assume you came away with the bragging rights then. No, nah, I was kind of, my aim was just to frustrate people. Um, <laughs> And oh, I did that, so I was happy. Um, I had to, you know, I got me marching orders from Scotty. He said, you got to go spend spend some time in the room and don't come out for a bit. So I <laughs> had to leave him alone a bit and um, let them do their do their thing for a bit. But it was all in good fun. But that's the kind of thing on, a, on those little trips that uh, make it so enjoyable for us boys. It's not even the fact that, you know, we're training together or, you know, playing – like games in a short space it's just like such a laugh and um you know such a giggle that you forget that you even have a game and the games are just the enjoyable bit at the end i think that's how we know lucky wales has done his job in the team when he gets sent for a timeout by ryan scott (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so coming up against your former club not new for you at this point of course uh but what is it like going back to to gosford i assume you've got some uh some family and friends in the crowd there yeah, it's um, oh, it's it's an awesome place, um, you know, to grow up at, in Gosford in Terrigal. Um, you know, I spent, I was there till I was nineteen, so I went to school there, and you know, made so many friends, and you know, all my family still live down there. So, um, you know, my upbringing as a kid was awesome. You know, living on the beach and you know, playing all different sports, and um, so for them to be able to come out and watch, you know, they get to watch one game a year now out there. Um, I'm sure they'll be all out there and, and you'll definitely know about it. They'll be making some noise. So, um, no, nah, it'll be great to get down there and um, it's a top pitch there and, and the Mariners are doing well. So um, I expect, I think there'll be a pretty big crowd there in Gosford. They seem to get around the boys for the F3 derby. So um, it'll be a top, top game. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lockie, but when you last played the Mariners up in Gosford, obviously it was very different circumstances. Last game of the season. I'm not, I'm not sure if memory, if you played that game, but things now are very, very different. I mean, there's a lot more on the line this time around, even for them too. Has that been spoken about? I mean, there's 11 days, you've had 11 days between games now to kind of prepare for this. So what's been the message heading into this weekend? Uh, to be fair, it's just been how we've prepared for every other game. Um, obviously as a player, you know, you kind of, know now what's at stake um and you kind of don't talk about it uh you know in group meetings or anything we we've kind of avoided talking about you know if we win three or you know if this happens if this happens because uh the a-league's been so funny this season that you know if you don't treat every game and prepare for every game well you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to win so 
Um, to be fair, the boys have been pretty relaxed. Um, we do we do definitely realise that the Mariners can hurt us, um, especially up top with Cummings, uh, Urania. They're probably their two most dangerous players, and um, it's something that you know if we can nullify those two players, um, that'll help us a lot, and um, hopefully we can expose them. And uh, I think the crowd supporting Lockie Wales will be a pretty pretty significant contingent. There'll be the Mariners fans, the Western United Way fans, and the Lockie Wales fans, because they know you're starting this time, right? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if the Mariners fans will be too kind. Um, I think, uh, you know, I was young when I was there, and I, I, you know, I loved the club and, you know, spent, since I was, you know, 15 to, mm. to 20 odd there, so um, it was honestly really enjoyable, and um, you know, without without the Mariners, I don't think I would have ever got a chance in the A-League. And, um, yeah, I'm honestly re- really grateful for that. Any uh, chance to, to catch some waves while you're down there or are you, you quickly on to the next one? Uh, I think uh, I think I'll be banned from surfing. Um, you know, we're, we're not even staying on the coast. We're staying in Sydney. So it's um, we've got a bit of a base there so we can go down to the Mariners and then obviously go up to the Jets the night before. So, um yeah, I'll enjoy enjoy it while I'm there, and um, obviously catch up with my family and my dad, and um, and then you know concentrate on to the next one. And I'm sure, I'm sure, fingers crossed, if we can win something, um, I'll definitely go back to the coast in the off season and uh, celebrate with the people that I love. Well, all business heading into the end of the season. A couple of really important games against the Mariners and Jets away in the next week. It all comes down to this, Nick. All does, and even that Adelaide game as well. It's it's all looming. Um, Lockie, thank you so much for joining us here on The Green Room, mate. Good luck for this weekend. Good luck for the whole week. I mean, it's going to be a massive week for you guys, and hopefully there's a, a nice shiny reward on the other side of it. Cheers, boys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Lockie. He's, uh, he's not getting too carried away too quickly. That's no, what we like to see. No, he's very, very yeah. grounded. Yes, absolutely. And, I mean, they're three big, big games. So Saturday afternoon at 4.05 p.m. at Blue Tongue Central Coast Stadium, the Mariners taking on Western United. Wednesday night at 7. Uh, that is on the 4th of May. Newcastle taking on Western United. And then, obviously, on Sunday, the final game of the season, 6.20 p.m. on Sunday at High Marsh Stadium, Adelaide versus Western United. These are not going to be easy games, mm. and they're going to need all hands on deck. Three tough, tough games, two teams who have it all to play for. I mean, Adelaide at this point probably playing for seeding in, in the top six. Mm-hmm. They'll want to be getting a home final. The Mariners probably even more desperate looking to lock their spot inside the top six, and Newcastle just want to play spoiler by that stage as well. So it's going to be a fun week mm. because on top of that as well, Western United are equally as desperate because as we do know, you win all three – you win the Premier's plate, and that is so exciting. Well, I think the squad have been well-prepared uh, this week, being away in Tasmania with Lockie Wales. Jason Cummings ain't getting under anyone's skin after that. No. You know, they've, they've, they've built up their immunity to that sort of thing. Yeah, and just don't put Ben <laughs> Collins in the feds against Jason Cummings. He might have say a bit too much, and that might work against them if Lockie Wales' uh, intel is correct. So, oh. no, nah, it will be fun nonetheless. I'm looking forward to watching these games. It's going to be really, really big to see if they can get the job done and then after that, it gets the nitty-gritty. It's finals time. So this is a big time for Western United and their supporter base. Really, mm. really exciting. Big week. We're going to take a short break because 
We've got another guest on the other side. It's a big week for the MPL3 outfit, juniors. Top, equal top of the MPL3 table after a madcap 4-3 win over Doveton. And we've got Diogo Ferreira, assistant coach. You'll know him from his playing days in the A-League and his coaching roles at MPL level as well. Excited to talk to him on the other side here on The Green Room, presented by Simmons Homes. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game. Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points. And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's chipped a keeper! Presented by Simmons, it's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to the Green Room from the FNR Football Nation Radio Studios. I'm Josh Parrish, joined this week by fill-in co-host Nick DeBarno. We're excited about the senior men's team in action against Central Coast and Newcastle Jets. Way trips over the next week, which could determine the location of the Premier's plate in the A-League. But we're equally excited about Western United's young brigade, equal top of the MPL3 Victoria standings after a madcap 4-3 win over Doveton on the weekend. Must have been an incredible game. And to tell us all about it, it's uh, one of our new recruits, assistant coach Diogo Ferreira. Diogo, welcome to the green room and welcome to the club. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure, mates. Um, for fans who are a little too young to remember your uh, A-League playing days, uh, give us a rundown of your footballing CV so far and uh, some of the clubs you've coached at. Um, yes, obviously played in the A-League for a while, but in terms of you know coaching, kind of um, uh, decided to semi-retire about the age of 32 when I returned back from Japan. I guess I always knew that I would make a better coach than I, I did as a player, so I thought I might as well get started. Um, I was at, yes, I was assistant coach at Melbourne Knights last year and, and until a couple of weeks ago, I was still there for this season also and obviously now at Western United. So what enticed you over to the club uh, to, to team up with Anthony Frost and co? When um, Anthony Frost, um, he actually delivered one of my coaching licenses. So huh. um, we kind of stayed in touch there. And then, yeah, he gave me a call saying that he, he got the job and he, he wanted me to you know, to come over and be part of it. And obviously it's an amazing opportunity to, to almost be, you know, to be part of something when it's so fresh and so new. So I thought great opportunity, um, good for me also to learn under someone like uh, like Anthony with such great knowledge and that would really help me, you know, in my, in my coaching career. Well, Diogo, let's go to this weekend uh, that's just passed. I mean, come from behind win against Dovton, a team last season who were right up there amongst the, the top sides in MPL 3 at, at the cancellation. 2-1 down, you guys were able to come out with a 4-3 win. Take us through the day. It seemed like it was a crazy, crazy game. Honestly, it was crazy. It was a bit of a blur towards the end. Um, I couldn't even remember who scored the third goal. That's how, much, that's how crazy it was. Um, yeah, 1-0 down, 1-1, 2-1 down. Um, three one down, and then it was scored a couple. I think we scored close to the ninetieth minute. I think the to mm. make it um, three all, and then last minute we we ended up scoring again off a set piece, which was great. Um, these kind of games bring the team together, and it's and it's that belief for you know in in the future when we are down that we know we're when we're capable of coming back. 
93rd minute was the winner from uh, young Jake yeah. Nadolski. We spoke to him a couple of weeks ago on this program. He's a confident young man. <laughs> Crazy. You should have seen his celebration as well. Top came off. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, yeah, why there's top. a yellow card next to his name. There we <laughs> yeah, go. That makes right. sense. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Can you describe the goal for us, the moment? Um, it was a set piece. I think um, uh, Christian took it, Fiharis. And yeah, just floated into the box, and Jakey with um, with a big header, so unmarked in the box. But it was it was actually a really good finish. It was actually a really good finish. It was it was good to see also everyone celebrating together, coaches, players, um, which was fantastic. Well, Diogo, it's been as a whole a really promising start to the season. I mean, second on the ladder right now after after six games, everything's looking quite good. In these first six games, what are some of the positive things that I guess you've seen? You know, watching on from the sidelines. Look, we've got a bunch of a bunch of players that you know. At the end of the day, even my experience coming coming out to West United, you're with a bunch of of young young kids that you know want to make it as professionals. So they all want to push in the same direction. There's a lot of good talent. Um, also, with the boys that have been dropping down to get some game time from the seniors, they've been unbelievable. You know, I've been in their shoes before as as a player, and it's very easy to drop down and not really care. Um, but the way they've come, they've um, set the standard for, for all the other boys. So really impressed with that. Speaking of Jake, uh, when we spoke to him a couple of uh, weeks ago, we asked him what his goal was personally for the season, and he reckoned he wanted to score 20 goals, which we like sort of scoffed at and, and said, you know, applaud the uh, intention, young man, but that's, that's a lofty target. He's already got four. Uh, can he do it? Look, if you see what he does on a daily at training, then he's definitely capable of doing it. Yeah, you know, he pulls out some, some unbelievable things, and I don't think it'll take too long to for us to start seeing him in the senior setup. I'm sure if he keeps going the way he is. Well, just for some of the other players that are coming through, and obviously for the fans listening on, who are some of the players to really keep an eye on? I mean, there's a few familiar names in NPL circles, guys like Adam Al Hayek and Yanni Panakos. Um, are these sort of players to keep an eye on? In I guess the next couple of years, is there anyone that's in particular caught your eye? Look, there's a lot, and it would be a bit harsh for me just yeah. to single out single out a few people. Um, but everyone's, you know, it's cliche, but everyone is working hard. Everyone's really trying to to get that opportunity. Um, we've got a couple of boys that have um, Chabelle that's come over from Melbourne City. He's training um, day in day out with the with the seniors. Um, we've got Sabit that's gone and trained with the seniors as well, and he's made an appearance there for Fade Cup. And there's and there's a lot of players that are are literally there or thereabouts. You know, it's about you know, preparing themselves and then when that opportunity does come along that they, they take it. What's the sort of playing style that you're trying to implement with this group of players? I know it's a lot of it is about individual development, but in terms of crafting the team, you know, alongside Anthony? Look, we, we want to play attractive football. We want to let the kids, you know, the, these talented kids express themselves. There's no point. You're not going to see us drop into a, you know, really low block and just absorb absorb pressure. Um you know, we want to press teams. We want to we want to try and win the ball as high as possible. We want to be positive when we got the ball. You know, fast, aggressive, attacking football, um, and it gives them the best chance to express themselves and for us to, you know, create those those X factor type plays that are going to make a difference um, when they get the opportunities in the seniors. How do you balance that with also wanting to get results in a league where? Some of the other teams have no such pretensions of playing attractive football. Yes, the other A-League Academy sides nominally will want to do that. But there's a lot of sort of seasoned, older pros in that competition. 
uh, and a lot of away grounds that you'll visit with tiny pitches that are a bit torn up. And, you know, the boys are going to get uh, a lot of older, more experienced MPL players. I guess there's a there's an extra edge to it because the A-League Academy side's rolling into town and they want to show them what's what and put in a few big physical challenges. How, how do you implement that playing style in, in those kind of challenging environments? Yeah, it's hard. And to be honest, if I was on the receiving end, I wouldn't want to be chasing around these young kids all day either. So, but it's it's a learning curve for them. It's um, yeah, we want to play attractive football. When we get them on our home pitch and a few other pitches out there, we are able to do that um, without you know um, without being too too tough. But it's about them learning that there's going to be tough conditions. Yes, it's about developing players, but they've got to have the will to win and they've got to know what it takes to win under different circumstances. So ideally, yes, you want to try and, you know, get up there and get promoted so you're playing against better teams and teams that, you know, try to play a little bit, um, try to play football a little bit more. But until then, they've, they've just got to graft and they've got to learn how to, how to win in these conditions. So, yeah, well, looking ahead to this weekend, Diogo, Melbourne victory, another academy side, another big game. Um, what are some of the, I guess, the things you're expecting from this game? What are some of the things you're looking forward to and, I guess, you know, you can expect from them this weekend as well? Look, it's, um, you know, we've played them, we've played them in preseason and when you do play against the, one of the other A-League teams, you know it's going to be competitive. Both teams are going to try and play football. You're not worried about, you know, for example, with all the respect, you're playing against a team like... Box Hill where, you know, they're playing for long throws, just say, and getting everyone in the box, you know, you know they're going to try and break you down and it creates different challenges. Um, and also it's an opportunity for our younger players, I'm sure, you know, having a look at the senior fixture for the A-League, I'm sure that um, Mel Vich are going to have quite a few senior players drop down. So it's a, it's a good challenge for, um, you know, for our youth boys to, you know, test themselves against some, some professionals also. Uh, this might be my uh, my bias talking based on uh, a role I have outside of FNR, but Preston Lions are playing against Western United the week after. It's a home game for you guys at Georgie's. I've got my eye on that as one of the games of the season uh, because Preston bring the away following. We know that they, you know they've they're a historic club and they've got a lot of talent in that team. I think that would be – I was actually speaking to uh, one of your players, Noah. Uh, I ran into him at, at Ultra Football a little while ago, and he was speaking fondly of that Preston game as the, the biggest crowd he's played in front of and such a like formative experience last season of that like high-pressure environment. That's got to be a great learning experience for the players. 100%. Like for us, looking, you know, looking at the next couple of weeks, they're, they're massive. You've got victory and then Preston – um, and again, it's just these opportunities. At the end of the day, we're trying to produce professionals, people that can take that step up. And playing um, under pressure with crowd around, you know, that's that's what they're going to get if they do take that step. So again, just a fantastic opportunity for them to test themselves in in those environments. And for the Western Suburbs boys in the group, because I know Western United do put an emphasis, obviously, on finding the best talents out there, but also finding local players from the area. You know, West United eventually producing their own talent as a relatively uh, new team in the A-League environment. That's got to be a long-term goal for the program, right? Yeah, it's massive. And obviously next year the academy is going to roll out. So there's going to be a whole crop of new of new kids coming through that you can instill and you can, you know, you can – you kind of set up a, a culture around your academy and the way you want to play also. So hopefully you see that as, you know, 
as the years as they get older, you've got those players that have been in the system for a while. This team seems to have a habit of leaving it late uh, with some dramatic finishes. I know you've only just arrived, mate. We already saw it against, I think it was Melbourne City earlier in the season. Yeah. So that must fill you with a little bit of confidence that, that these guys have a, a bit of uh, mental metal, shall we say, when, the, when it gets to those high-pressure moments. Definitely because, you know, we are going to find ourselves in those situations throughout the year and, and having the belief like this week, you know, you're down by a goal and in three minutes or four minutes you turn around you end up, getting the three points. So it's important. It's really important because we'll we'll have, I'm sure, a few more games like that. Well, with the senior boys on the road, uh, if you're not making the away trip up to Gosford or Newcastle or indeed Adelaide in a little while, this is a perfect time to go down and uh, and watch the MPL side. Wouldn't it be great to get some of the uh, the Western Service crew down in the next two weeks when you've got a couple of home games at, uh, at Caroline Springs? It'd be fantastic, especially with all the Preston supporters. We need we need some supporters as well, so we'd love to have everyone down there. Absolutely. Well, that's coming up on Sunday, the 1st of May, 3 p.m. kickoff against Melbourne Victory, and then the following Friday is an 8.15 p.m. kickoff under the lights. Diogo, welcome to the club. Great to have you on board, and thanks for your time tonight. Thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Well, we're going to go to another short break because we've got to hear from the fans tonight as well, Nick. Uh, we've got Jay Sutcliffe, super fan, who made the trip down to Tasmania. We're going to hear from him about what that was like on the other side of this break. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game! And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's chipped a keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio. For the final time this Wednesday night, welcome back to the Green Room here on FNR. Football Nation Radio presented by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder. I'm Josh Parrish. I've got Nick DeBano here with me and we're delighted to be joined by Jay Sutcliffe, Western United superfan who made the away trip down to Tasmania over the weekend to watch six, that's right, six goals go in. Uh, away trip well spent, mate. Welcome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. You must have enjoyed yourself with uh, so many goals to celebrate. Yeah, worth the price of admission, six goals. And um, even though it was technically a home game, definitely felt like an away trip. But uh, the support we got there was pretty tremendous. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that the Tassie fans got to see um, us put on a good show as well. So that's what you're telling us off air during the break. It's not just the Western Service crew guys who, who made the made the extra effort to fly down, but also some of the locals were getting into it as well. Yeah, yeah. A few of the um, boys from the Devonport Soccer Club, um, we actually got in touch with them the week before we left. Um, they wanted to jump in on the active because uh, we actually noticed them. Uh, I think it was at the Perth game earlier this year. They were trying to, uh, you know, they were doing a few chants as well. Um so they, they jumped in. They were more than happy to, you know, learn a few chants and, um, yeah, just add, help add to the atmosphere of the game. Well, Jay, I mean, 
you have you well, tell us a bit about I guess your experiences as a Western United fan. I mean, this is only season three of the club. I guess you know how did you I guess get into supporting Western United? Like, what well, what was sort of what's been your experiences and your fan journey supporting the team? Um. Well, yeah, we sort of uh, I jumped on Western United before they had colours or a name. Like, um, we were all about the bid. Um, getting a stadium out in Tarnit and, you know, getting a team out here. Um, you know, just going through Facebook groups um, with a couple of mates um, that were also like-minded. Um, we found a, a couple of other people that were looking to start an active. They had a name, the Western Service Crew. So we thought, oh, we'll jump on this grassroots, get around it. And then it's, yeah, slowly grown to, you know, now we've, there's, you know, dozens and dozens of people that we see week in, week out, um, uh, and all in a very short three years, you know, made a bunch of mates, um, you know, uh, started a, our own little podcast as well. Um, I never had met any of those guys before then. So, um, yeah, sort of just um, went looking, didn't have to look very hard and um, put in a little bit of effort and got all the rewards. Um, clubs helped us out a lot as well with the active. So, um, yeah, yeah, just uh, looking forward to playing finals, home finals this year. Well, I guess in, in terms of this season, Jay, I guess, how have you seen as a fan? I mean, last year it was tough. I mean, you know, started the season really well and then there was the fade off towards the end. But this year it's been a real, you know, consistent season of positive results. Are you starting to feel more and more confident that maybe this season, you know, that, that West United could actually make that leap and potentially there is a bit of a, uh, a, a nice bit of silverware waiting on the other side, whether it's the premiership or the championship? Oh, well, um, you know, we've put in good performances against the best teams this year. Mm. You know, um, we've come away with, um, you know, all the points against um, City. Um, you know, we've played some hard games. Um, but, you know, if you look at where we are on the table, look at the squad we've got. I think we've got a pretty, um, what, like our best starting eleven is probably one of the best in the league, if not the best. Um, and I do think we've got depth on the bench. And we're finding, we're, obviously, with a 6-0 win, we're, able to score goals now like uh, we weren't at the start of the season. So um, if we can, I reckon if we keep up that rock solid defence, uh, definitely be challenging for a grand final, not just the Premier's plate. Well, you've had the number of the big teams, as you say, um, and lead coming off uh, on Saturday the 16th, I should say, it's not, not over the weekend, but the week before, Um Lockie Wales scoring that hat-trick. Uh, we spoke to him a little bit earlier. I, I think he felt a bit of a sense of relief that his goal route was finally broken. You, it must have been great to see that in person. Yeah, it was. We were talking about um, before that game as well how, you know, he's got a bunch of assists, but he, he needs to grab, grab that goal because, you know, he, he deserves it. And he grabbed three in under 45. So very, very proud to see um, Lockie grab all three. Um, he told me, oh, I asked for another hat-trick against MacArthur um, when we were at the training session on the Sunday, but he didn't deliver. That's all right. We still got the three points. <laughs> You'll take the 2 nil win, right? Yeah, 100%. So I know you've got that shirt behind you, AOW100. I, I have a feeling yep. I've worked it out, but uh, tell us the significance of those letters, mate. Uh, so, yeah, we actually recently, uh, last week, hit 100 episodes on our um, podcast, the All That West podcast, um, which, you know, we just sort of started. Um, shout out to uh, to Scotty, to Wallace, who who um, helps produce it, to Kelsey, uh, to Leb, and all the other regulars. Um, they, um, you know, we just it's just sort of started as a bunch of 
blokes having a cup a beer once every once a week and just talking a bit of smack about the footy. Um, and all of a sudden, yeah, bang, we've done a hundred episodes in three years. Um, not always, you know, consistent. Sometimes it's hard to get everyone, you know, we've all got jobs and families outside of it, but, um, yeah, we, we um, the club actually gave us this as a gift, um, for the, the 100 episodes, which, um, yeah, we were pretty stoked to hit. So yeah, shout out to Weston for that one as well. Well, Jay, congratulations for that one. And also looking ahead to this week, I mean, three away trips. What, what What's the plan for you? Are you going to be heading up for any of these games yourself? I mean, there's the, the midweek game isn't necessarily helpful, I guess, for anyone hoping to make the away trip. But there's two mm. really good away days against Central Coast and Adelaide. Are you and some of your other fer- uh, friends in the active area looking to make the move uh, or the trip up? Um, well, yeah, a, f- a few of the guys, obviously, we went down to Tassie. So, the, um, uh that was our – we usually do a couple of away trips a season. Um, that was one of them. Um, we're also just holding off to see if uh, we make finals and let's – like mm. if we have to play an away game, save some money for that. But um, if we get two wins out of two, would not surprise me if there's a few last-minute bookings down to Adelaide. Um, like I, I'm, I am still looking at it. It's just, you know, obviously the mm. work balance as well. But um, – I do know there's a lot of uh, – we do have a few fans out in Adelaide that would be keen to get down to that game. So, um, you know, if you are a West United fan in Adelaide, I implore you to get down to that one. Because uh, last time we had an away trip there, we um, it was probably one of our best away turnouts. And it was – I think we won 5-1 in the end. So hopefully they can replicate that yeah, in two you, weeks' time. You talk about away turnouts. I mean, Cooper Stadium is arguably one of the best places to go to watch football, even as an away supporter as well. Yeah, 100%. I think it's probably my, um, well, you know, I've done a couple. I've done Wellington. I've done um, Tassie a couple of times. But I'd have to say for the pure match, like watching experience, like uh, I'd have to say Cooper Stadium is the best one. Grouse Little Stadium. So speaking of stadiums, we've uh, heard news on the on the development front on, on the new stadium that the uh, uh, developments are underway for the initial phase at least. That must excite you as a supporter to uh, to see ground broken on uh, on the new infrastructure. Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously, um, with COVID and all that throwing a spanner in the works, it has pushed things back a little. Um, but ultimately, it's good to see the club, you know, following through with their promise. At least the training ground's getting up. You know, that's going to be a five thousand seat. I could definitely play, you know, interstate teams there. Um, hopefully, as late as you know, uh, late twenty twenty three or something like that. That'd be it'd be great to see games played down in Tarnate. And I think it, I might be inferring too much here, but it seems like it's been something of a bonding experience for the new supporters to have this uh, sort of traveling circus thing going on where you're going to different grounds every time. You know, it, I, I feel like once, you know, you're all, you've got your feet under the table in the new stadium in the west of Melbourne, it'll be the, the old guys in the active telling these, uh, these whippersnappers how it used to be when we were in Geelong and Ballarat and Tassie every week. Yeah, when we were being uh, nomads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's going to be part of the legend and the lore of the, yeah. the supporters. Yeah. Well, it, it was always going to be a little bit of a rough start, especially you know COVID as well. These seasons get pushed back, fixtures get thrown around, so it's hard to find um, a ground at times. But um, you know, I think once it's built in Tarnate as well, it'll be a lot easier for it's it's like a central spot in the west. Mm. So, like, Geelong fans won't have to travel two hours on a train, for instance, to get to Amy Park anymore. It's 40 minutes and you're in Tarnit. I'm lucky I live around the corner. I can drive there. So, um, yeah, that 
I'm, I'm very keen to be playing a few games a bit closer to home. Absolutely. Well, you've got a chance to uh, to watch the Young Brigade as well. We were talking about it before the break with Diogo, equal top of the MPL 3 Victoria table and uh, catching a few glimpses of uh, the players who were making a name for themselves. Young Jake Nadovsky has made a habit of scoring last-minute winners. Is there any, uh, any appetite from the fans to, to you know, with these away games in, in Central Coast and Newcastle over the next few weeks, uh, to head down to, to Georgie's on Vista to, uh, to uh, the... Caroline Springs ground and watch the uh, watch the youth team play. I reckon as long as it doesn't conflict with Western playing, because um, obviously we'll be at the pub or at yep. somebody's house mm. to watch that one. I reckon um, definitely at least one of them will try and get some numbers down well, and uh, watch watch a local game, like one more you know a smaller game at a smaller ground. They are fun. Well, as Diogo was saying, uh, we know Preston's going to bring some fans for that game on the uh, Friday, the sixth. So it would be nice to have some uh, some dedicated support that day, just to just to compete with the away following. If anything else, I think that one's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. So I've got I've got that one penciled in. I don't know about you, Nick. Absolutely. I mean, if I'm not working that night, I have to make the track down. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. So uh, that's. Uh, at Georgie's, which is a great little ground to watch it football, is, yeah. actually. It's, it's fantastic. Nice little setup there with the grandstand and you good know, hospitality nice, yeah, in the bistro great, as well. Fantastic. So, good, good relationship that the club has with, uh, with Caroline Springs, George Cross. Jay, we're just about out of time tonight, mate, but congratulations on the 100 podcasts. And, you know, I think uh, you've, uh, by displaying it, given us a few ideas as well. We've got to count up the number of green room episodes we've done and request yeah. our custom shirt as well. <laughs> Congratulations, mate, and thanks so much for joining us. No problem. Thank you very much, guys. Jay Sutcliffe, Western United super fan who made the trip down to Tassie. I hope we'll see him at uh, Hindmarsh Stadium come the Absolutely, end of the season man. as well, Nick. Let's uh, look ahead to these games. Central Coast Mariners versus Western United coming up on Saturday, the 30th of April, 4.05 p.m. kickoff in Gosford. This is the game of the round for me. Absolutely. In terms of the entertainment value on offer for both sides, how much there is to play for, and the dramatic nature of the game last time out in Ballarat where uh, Western United snatched that point with Jamie Young making the penalty save. Absolutely, and they would have had taken a lot out of that game from last time because when they... Uh, like to put it bluntly, they were very, very lucky to come away with a point on that on that mm. day. But then there was part of it where Western United actually battled back from a goal down, took the lead sure. early in the second half, but they conceded the equaliser very, very soon after. So that was in as Lockie spoke about a bit of that rough, flat patch for them. This is going to be a very different game. There's mm. a lot more riding on this game. Um, it's going to be in Gosford where we can expect a pretty decent turnout. I mean, the, the Mariners fans, when they're playing well, they, they do turn up. They do make a lot of noise. It's going to be an interesting one because we spoke about last time these two teams played in Gosford, Josh, it was the last game of last season and West United were not playing for anything but pride and they, they got knocked off. The Mariners, at the end of the day, they were celebrating. They locked in finals. They locked in a home final as well. There's a lot on the line here because if they lose, they got victory playing the night before against Wellington. Wellington wins that game, or Victory wins that game, you know, it's pressure on mm. Western United. But if they win that game as well, they go right to the top. Game in hand on Melbourne City. Absolutely. This is this is the last game. So this, this is the last game in hand. This is it. So this is this is the opportunity to leapfrog yeah. and go number one on the table and have the destiny, the title, the premier's plate in under their, their control, control, in yeah. their hands. And after that, midweek trip to face the Newcastle well, Jets. Yep. The box office Jets. That's going to be an interesting one. I mean, For better or worse, let's yes, say. Yes, absolutely. The box office Jets. So they, this, this is going to be a fun game. 
They, they tend to score goals. They tend to cop goals. Yeah. So, so end-to-end ridiculous action, as we saw with the F3 derby over the weekend, yeah. the red card. Just, uh, you know, let, let's not try not get too riled up by Matt Simon, even if he's not playing. Yeah, uh, well, Daniel, Daniel Pena. Daniel Pena's suspended. In, <laughs> he so fell into that trap. Yeah, so just got news. Daniel Pena's actually suspended for that game. They have a chance to appeal tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see whether the Jets do that. But that plays perfectly into the favour for Western United. Um, you know, Jets without arguably their best player, their most creative player in behind Becca Mikkeltadze. But defensively, Newcastle haven't been great. And Western United have, in the last few weeks, I mean, they haven't, they've basically scored in every game in their past, at least doing a bit of quick maths, their last six games. So they haven't really had a lean patch in front of goal. At one point, it was only 1-0 wins, but they're starting to get a couple on the board. So this is a good opportunity for guys like, you know, your Lockie Waleses, your Alexander Prijevic's, your Connor Payne's to really impact this kind of game. But I just wonder, in this little patch, we'll get to the Adelaide game in a sec, whether we'll see Alessandro Diamanti make his return at some point. We haven't seen him since the end of February. The last time he played was actually in the famous Ben Garuccio scorpion kick game against the Wanderers. He got hurt that game. It's been two months. I mean, it'd be a great acquisition, great sort of addition just before finals to mm. get him in, whether it's off the bench or whatever. But you have to think he's chomping at the bit. And maybe that game against the Jets presents itself if they can ease him off the bench in a game, if, if they get ahead in a bit of a... I don't want to say lower stakes game, but against a team that maybe aren't as desperate, it might mm. actually suit him quite well and then build his minutes up in the next week. What a time to make your return. Be nice Absolutely. to have Diamante available for these crunch matches. And then, as we say, Adelaide on the Ooh. Sunday. There's a long road to get to before that. Three games in the space of a week. But if the Premier's plate is in play that day, I think we're going to see... Plenty of away supporters yep. booking last-minute trips out there to see the club win their uh, their first ever piece of silverware. Well, it will null and void the City game the the night after they play Wellington in the last game, their last game of the season. Uh, so Western United know basically that that game at six twenty p.m. could be massive. It could be title deciding. It could be big for Adelaide. It's the United Derby. Mm. You know, if you want to put some sort of tag <laughs> on it, it's it's big. I mean, Adelaide's won their last three. They've they're playing in between. Then they've got the Pulling that up, Brisbane Raw. So there's a good chance they'll go in four unbeaten. They've played a lot of games at home. So this is going to be a red-hot contest between two of the form sides. I can't wait for it. But before then, we they have to get through Saturday. Saturday's the big one against the Mariners. That is going to be a cracking contest. Um, you know, uh, you speak about game of the round. For me, it's, it's not even a debate. That is for sure going to be the game of the round. And, you know, it's so much on the line for the winners, but a lot on the line as well for the losers because it just puts, you know, just creates a bit of an extra spanner in the works. But this is that final vaunted game in hand, but they've always had the three games mm. in hand. This is it because then City are back after this weekend. And a word on our affiliated women's team, Coldy United playing away at Bayside on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. The week after that is a blockbuster against South Melbourne on Huge the Saturday game. home game at 3 p.m. That one's on the 7th. Um, I'm not sure what's happening in the show next week because we are clashing with the Western United clashing game. Clashing with the game. So you know? we'll see what we can work out for next time. But uh, we, uh, might, we might come back in a fortnight with a special, mm. you know, post-Premier's Plate edition. Let's, let's, let's not get ahead of because, ourselves. Because, you know, they'll have the week off. You know, that's the beauty of it. Top two, you get the week off. You have the opportunity. Maybe we'll get it in studio. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. We'll, we'll see if we I'm have just some, putting it out there. Some, uh, some crockery to polish in two weeks' time. <laughs> Nick, it's been a pleasure having your company, Not a mate. problem. Thank you for having me. And a big thank you to Simmons Homes for supporting the program as well. This has been The Green Room on FNR. We'll speak to you again soon. 
Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game! Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points! And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's kicked the keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio.